You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back for one of the last episodes in our series on the Enneagram and how it influences our work as OT entrepreneurs. Today, we have the Enneagram 8, a number near and dear to the heart of yours truly, because I am an 8, and so is Lisa Westhorpe, who's joining me today, and we have a fun-filled conversation about how the world of OT entrepreneurship may need a little more eightness. So listen in. Today, we are doing the Enneagram Eight. And I have with me on the call, Lisa Westhorpe, who's the owner of Nurture Occupational Therapy. And at her business, she supports new mothers in their transition. Oh, wait, you wrote new mums. Should I read that directly? Maybe I should. I'm going to read it just how Lisa wrote it supports new moms in their transition to motherhood through growing together maternal health mom and baby groups, focusing on connection and evidence-based information and one-on-one mom mentoring sessions. And then she also mentors occupational therapists who may be listening within maternal health practice. And she trains occupational therapists to deliver mom and baby groups. And she has a program called OTs and Maternal Health, How to Run Mom and Baby Groups as an OT. Welcome, Lisa. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. And it's interesting hearing you read everything that I do. I'm like, oh, I do a lot of things. You do a lot. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Typical Enneagram 8. (laughs) <laughs> we'll yes. talk about that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so I, I, it feels so strange for me to say mum because that's like, I'm a Midwesterner, you know, from the US, but that's a British, yeah, that's a British term. It is, yes. Yeah. And I, I struggle with this a little because you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not originally from the US, but I am based in California at the moment. Okay. So um, I cycle between mum which is my British roots and mom, which is what my clients would say. So I end up with kind of both. And I I say that in my emails and things, you know, you may see mom, you may see mom. Um, That's just my Britishness coming through sometimes. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And it's, it's good thinking about how to stay like true to yourself as a business owner, but also serve your clients. So maybe using both is, is great. Cause you did throughout the description, you kind of went back and forth. Like, so cool. All right. So Let's talk about being Enneagram 8s because this is the unique situation in which I am interviewing someone who is my Enneagram type. So I told Lisa before we hit record, we will try not to make this a very long episode because I'm sure we could have a lot to say to one another and I'll want to compare Definitely. notes a lot. But so let's, I think what, what I want to do to start is to orient us to who we are as Enneagram 8s and in doing that, which once people hear this, this is actually the first interview I'm recording in the series because you scheduled first. 
but people will be familiar. We are going to read from the Enneagram Institute website, enneagraminstitute.com slash type eight. Type hyphen eight is the website. So we are the challenger, Lisa. We are. (laughs) The the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. So we are people who have our basic fear is being harmed or controlled by others. And our basic desire is to protect ourselves, to be in control of our own lives and destinies, which works well in entrepreneurship. If we have a seven wing, which is maybe we're an eight, but we, we tend towards kind of a seven personality as well. We're called the maverick. That's someone who's super enthusiastic and also an, an Enneagram eight. If we are an Enneagram eight with a nine wing, that means we lean towards being a, um, the nine is the peacemaker and they call that the bear. (laughs) So it's like a, a very kind of controlling intense person, but who also is a a peacemaker. I kind of wish I was more like that. Do you know what your wing is or do you have one? My wing is nine. So I'm a bear. (laughs) Okay, good. You're a bear and I'm a maverick. So that'll be really great because I almost test. I actually almost test equal on the seven and eight. It's just that when I read the eight, I know that's more my personality and the the weaknesses that I have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can be egocentric. We can be domineering. We can be confrontational, intimidating. Have you been told your whole life that you're intimidating? Not necessarily. It's really interesting okay. when I did the test, I identified as an eight, but I don't think that's how I always portray myself. Oh, interesting. And I think my inner person is an eight, yeah. but I think societal conditioning has me as an introvert myself, as a British person, I'm okay. maybe not the most contra- confrontational person in the world. So, but definitely underneath that, when I read it, I was like, yes, this. Like yeah. I really identified with it. So I don't think I get told that a lot, but I do get that people don't necessarily expect that I am like I am, if that makes sense. Like, like they oh, don't you know were like you... this. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is something, and it's interesting. And this is, a, this conversation is great because it's illustrating how the Enneagram is just a system for kind of loosely categorizing. Not every person is going to fit perfectly into this one number, right? I think what you're speaking to is maybe the eight's tendency to have a fear of being vulnerable, of, of yeah. letting people know our true emotions or who we really are. And it's interesting because that's something that I feel like I've always been a very transparent person and able to share kind of things that other people are uncomfortable talking about. But when it comes to being truly vulnerable about emotions and about like, it's like, I don't really want to go there. I don't want to, you know, even with my staff, sometimes they're like, could we do appreciations? And I'm like, really? Like, do we need to do that? You know, like, like I, like I, I truly have to remember like, wait, I do like to be appreciated. I do need that as a human because my tendency is to be like, Ooh, it feels icky to like get all yes, like the feeling. Side of, yeah, yeah. Of emotionality of it. I, I yes. completely understand. I'm just basically sitting here nodding. Like I completely yeah. get that as well. When I first met my husband, he just, des- he described me as um, a closed book because huh. he didn't feel like he could access that emotional side of me particularly well. And I don't put that out there. It's been very interesting the last couple of years reading like Brene Brown's work sure. and working on that kind of vulnerability, because I think as eights, we don't tend to like to do that. It's yeah. not something that comes naturally to us. So, it's not comfortable. Um, that's been a big area of 
growth for me. <laughs> yes. And when we can do that, when we can lean into being vulnerable, when we can go there, when we can talk about our emotions, and this is again from the Enneagram Institute's website, it says at their best, Enneagram eights are self-mastering. They use their strength to improve others' lives, becoming heroic, magnanimous, and inspiring. So I want you to talk as we talk about that, because that's like inspirational. That's what we aspire to as, as eights, right? That's what our dream is. Let's talk about the questions that I, that I am asking everyone about how do you feel, what do you feel like are your biggest strengths in your business, specifically related to entrepreneurship in your business as an Enneagram eight? I think that ability to, especially because the area of practice that I work within isn't known as being an OT area of practice yet. Yeah that ability to challenge has been important to Mm. put it out there and say, actually, OTs can do this. It's important that we kind of promote our own skills so that others can see, well, yeah, we have a lot to offer. It's valuable what we're offering. So definitely that idea of kind of empowering others to challenge as well, Mm -hmm. um, I think is very important. And that leadership and kind of guiding and supporting others to do that. Maybe that's the eight wing nine a little bit more um, in me that's kind of that kind of protective and kind of patient side um, rather than the idea of kind of being very confrontational about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like using your, your ability to kind of go against the grain to lead rather than like confront something, you know, they, they often say too, I've read, I've read some too. I've done a lot of reading about the Enneagram besides on the website, but they often say that eights to are, are very justice oriented. Like, like we stand up for the people that are oppressed or have had injustices committed against them. And I, I love that idea because I think it helps me see that like our businesses, it relates to business in a sense, because I think I see our businesses as OTs as like ultimately serving people who need things, you know, like all of us. And so it, it, I don't know. It gives me like this vision of a world that is why we are all entrepreneurs. We want to make yeah. the world a better place. Um, and eights are, are particularly good at that. I will ask you a question too, that I might not have asked. See, I'm going to have more questions because you're an eight. I want to be like, do you do this too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing I've read about eights is that we have a need to be against. And so I wonder if you've experienced this where you see something that someone else is doing and you think, well, I could do that better or you question it or you criticize it a little bit internally. Do you, do you do that? Or is that just me? (laughs) I I completely empathize with that. I definitely am happy to be the person that questions stuff. Mm -hmm. And I say that I have um, a part-time job within a nonprofit who contract me into schools. So the system that I work within sometimes does need people to stand up and advocate for students. Um, I also supervise other OTs within that as well. So there's multiple layers of like management within the school and also within the nonprofit. And so, you know, I say to my team, come to me with issues. I don't mind being that person that questions things. I probably have a bit of a reputation within my organization of being that person who brings them, you know, I'm like, I'll come up with a solution to it. But also I'm not going to shy away from saying, I don't think this is right. So that's definitely something that I'm I'm happy to be that person. Um, It does depend on how you do it, I think sometimes. But as long as I feel like I'm being in alignment with my values, it Mm -hmm. doesn't bother me at all to do it. 
Uh, yeah, so yeah. we were talking before about being more eight um, and <laughs> I definitely think that's something that we should kind of put out there that you know it's it's not that you have to try and be something you're not but that advocacy side of things is something as OTs I think we can bring forwards and we right. can put out there and that you know is open to us and that we should kind of you know seek to take advantage of that that perspective sometimes too. Yeah, we were talking about before we hit record, right, about how as Enneagram 8, sometimes we feel a little at odds in the OT entrepreneurship space because a lot of OTs and helping professionals in general, I know there are other OTs or other helping professionals who listen to this podcast. And I think there's so many people that are twos that are helpers. That is the helper on the Enneagram because it makes sense, right? Because you go into a field to help people if you are a helper. And Yet when, when it comes to business, it becomes really hard for those business owners as helpers to balance that expectation of helping the business be successful financially and profitable because that's what a business is, right? A business serves people, but it also has to be financially sustainable. And so that tension of, of helping people, but also managing the financial needs of the business. So Lisa was joking before we hit record, like, Maybe, maybe OT entrepreneurs just little need a little more eightness, you know? Like yeah. so we are here. Lisa and I are here to help you know that you are confident, you can do this, you can help people, and you can still run a profitable business. So here's your Enneagram eight encouragement for the day. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about, cause we've talked a lot about, I mean, I've alluded to some of the negatives, but let's talk about some of the, the weaknesses of an eight. So how do you see your eightness impact you in your work in a, like, what are your weaknesses as you run your business? I suppose for me, it's trying to be too independent sometimes. Mm -hmm. So eights really value that independence. And I think it can almost go too far sometimes. We need that sense of connection. That's something that I've realized over the past couple of years, having started my business, that you can't do this on your own. It doesn't make sense to try and be an island where nobody ever kind of gets close. It it doesn't make sense at all. We need that connection. And I think as eights, sometimes we withdraw into ourselves a little bit too much if we're feeling kind of fearful about things or worried and just kind of realizing that the best thing to do in that situation is to connect more rather than to try and be that independent person so that was something that I've had to learn definitely and was certainly a weakness (laughs) to Mm -hmm. begin with I can I almost teared up at like a when you were talking, because I specifically remember a moment when I was journaling at some point in the past, I don't even remember when could have been four months ago, could have been three years ago. I don't remember, but I specifically remember writing something down to the effect that as an Enneagram eight, I need to remember that connection to others is life-giving. it's, I tend to just want to do everything myself and like run the whole show. And it's caused me problems in my business, to be honest. Like my employees have said, like, we want to be more involved in what's going on. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to be. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. so, so yeah, we have to learn that it's so important. It is. And you're right. It can cause that stress to ourselves, but also to Mm -hmm. others. So seeing it not just as being, oh, it's good for me to be less independent and to connect with others, but it also benefits other people within, you know, your organization, within the business that you're running. I think that's such a powerful thing to point out that it's not just, you know, you that benefits from that. It's, it's everyone. Right. And that is a great point because when 
when we study the Enneagram and study how it can inform how we run our businesses, when we become a healthier version of that number, that is when we experience human flourishing and other people around us experience that flourishing as well. So I'm so glad you brought that up, that it's not just a selfish thing to want to be healthy in your own personality and in your own life, but that you, you serve others in that way too, by being the best version of yourself. So let's talk about the last question. What do you dream about? So it's, it'll be interesting to see how these answers are different depending on different people's Enneagram types. What do you dream about for your business? What are your biggest dreams? My biggest dreams, I suppose, are bigger than my business, which sounds weird, but so that all moms can be supported in that transition to motherhood, because I think there's such a sense of we don't know what we don't know before we go into motherhood. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is true. I know. Everyone's like, yes. Right. <laughs> and, and if we can support new parents, not just moms, but that's more my focus, um, to feel like they have those connections, that supportive network, so that mm-hmm. even if they're not feeling the best in themselves, they have people to reach out to because it can be so isolating. So that was part of the reason that drove me towards starting mom and baby groups. I used to do much more on the one-to-one side of things, okay. um, one-to-one sessions. And then I realized, especially during the pandemic, what was missing was that sense of connection, that ability yeah. to go out to a mom and baby group. You couldn't go out anymore. So where do you meet people? Right. Um, so for me, my vision is kind of bigger than my own business. I want to support other OTs to be running mom and baby groups. It doesn't have to be part of my business that they do that. Um, I just want it to be that we reach as many moms as we can. Yeah, you have that big vision for your work of the impact you can make in the world. That's right. Definitely. Because all eights want world domination. Okay? <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally had to make a joke there, but it's, it is that it's, it's, you know, they say it on this description on the website, magnanimous, like this bigger than life kind of idea. I think that is the beauty of being an eight is that you, you are this visionary who has these great dreams for the world to make the world a better place. So yes. And taking action on it as well. That's the thing. It's, it's great to dream, but what can we do to make sure that it happens. Like that's one of the things that I have to keep coming back to. It's great to have that vision, but how can we then take action on it? So yes, be action takers. That's what I'm trying to inspire on this podcast. (laughs) I I hope we encourage some eights out there who may feel a little odd in the OT (laughs) OT space. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lisa. So if you are listening, go check out Lisa's business. It is at nurtureot.com. Yes, she got the website address, nurtureot.com. How great is that? I mean, so simple, <laughs> easy to remember. So go check out her business. And thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. I appreciate you making time. Thank you so and much sh- for hosting today. It's and- been so much fun to chat to another eight. <laughs> and sharing your vulnerable heart, which is hard for eight. So I appreciate you. It is. It's good practice. Thank you so much, Laura. Bye, Lisa. So I loved how this episode with Lisa helped me to see that there are many different ways of being an eight in the world or being any Enneagram number, really. And I hope if you are an eight, it encouraged you 
that we have really great qualities to offer. And if you are not an eight, I hope that it encouraged you to know how to relate to the eights in your life. Just give us the control and we'll be really happy. (laughs) I'm kidding, but sort of not. So anyway, (laughs) all right, y'all take those small steps because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.